to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the question everybody asks me, and it's the only question I didn't ask myself before venturing into polyamory. I did not think about that at all. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Today we delve into the mind of a cheater, an adulterer. Danielle betrayed her husband by having an affair for 12 months. Based on that, you might already have formed an opinion on her. But I encourage you to listen, because this conversation will open your mind. It's a surprising tale about relationships, polyamory and perceptions. Danielle, welcome to The Deep. Hi, Zoe. This is an interesting conversation because you reached out to me and you said, hey, I'm a cheater. I've been a cheater. I have. Do you want to hear from a cheater? And of course I do. Um, And then the plot thickened, didn't it? It became more than that. Yeah, a lot more. (laughs) Where do we begin? (laughs) You're in this relationship with the love of your life. When is the moment that you realise that you cannot be faithful? We were together for 28 years without any interruptions in that time. We never broke up. We never had any breaks from each other. Just were great partners in life. Two kids, a lot of life happening in that time, miscarriages and all sorts of stuff. So we built a very strong, trusting relationship. But one day when I was at work, a woman walked into the room and just the same as a feeling of time standing still, the lights going down, and she just... Every bit of my being was attracted to her light Mm. and I couldn't explain it to anyone because I had done what I was meant to do in life 
I had found the one and built a life around heterosexual monogamy and that's that's what everything in our society tells us we're meant to do. How long are we talking at this point? Like from when you met to when you acted, how, how long are you stewing? Probably a year, <laughs> probably tw- a full 12 months. And then I start having, a, having small conversations with my husband about how I felt about that. But we didn't have the communication skills in that area. At this point, right, he just thinks you're unhappily married. It's not. He didn't think we were unhappily married. Oh, he didn't? We were not unhappily married. Oh, you weren't? No. Everything there was still there. I still felt all the love for my husband. Did you feel sexual still towards him? Yes. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because I I am from like mainstream society going. I'm from there too. (laughs) Tick the box of sexual attraction, ticking the box of happiness, not unhappy, but yearning for something, which I think is a unique position, right? Which is why when it hit you, you're like, holy shit. I was surprised. I wasn't Mm. yearning for it. I didn't know I was missing it. Oh, right, so you weren't lacking it. It hit you in the face. It smashed me in the face, yeah. Okay, so we're not not sitting there feeling lonely. You only knew that this happened because it smashed you in the face and you couldn't deny it. Exactly, and I felt lonely because I couldn't share it. How do you act on this? How do you feel this need if you can't communicate this with him? I did try, um, but the monogamous conditioning is, you know, if you want that, you go somewhere else. You sh- And so the door kept getting shut on that conversation. I'd say I really am attracted to this person and I will go there. And it was, you can have the mortgage too. <laughs> right, it was know? like all or nothing. It's like you don't have me and that. Yeah. So then what do you do? Do you have to be deceitful then? Well, so I told her. I told her how I felt and she felt the same. Mm. And then what do you do? Well, that opens a little can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) At that point, I had sort of said, well, I've heard about this thing called polyamory and I think that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling love in a lot of places. and But she took that conversation off the book and said, I can't tell my partner. So I just fell head over heels in love with her and I couldn't do anything else, you know. <laughs> And then, and then what do you do? What do you do? I had an affair for 12 months that went on. Sexual affair. With this woman? With this woman. How did you cross the threshold is my question. Oh, how everyone crosses that threshold. The small steps, kisses and cuddles. And I would, every time I see her, just 
couldn't like keep even personal distance just needed to get my arms around her and you were like creeping 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 in and then all of a sudden you're having sex and then you're like okay where have we've arrived yeah to find someone that actually saw me because I hadn't even really seen me Mm. no no my friends didn't see me my partners didn't see me like my kids didn't see me my mum didn't see me there was only one person that saw me was this then an identity thing because like obviously these people all saw you at one point they all saw me but I didn't see me to even know to express that side of myself. So when you're sleeping with her for 12 months but you're actually in love with her, mm-hmm. what do you say to your husband? Is it an affair like you're hiding now? Yeah, I'm hiding. I'm hiding who I am that I've just discovered. I'm like essentially went from being a very open honest person to living in the closet and being having an affair being an adulterer being you know and that process of keeping myself so contained and so um hidden I lost friends and family because I wasn't who I normally am I wasn't an open book I couldn't afford to be I was keeping myself safe I was keeping her safe and I was keeping both our partners safe because there's so much shame in an affair there's so much shame in it for everyone not just the people participating in it but the partners because is there something wrong with, you know, society will think there's something wrong with them or, and the thought that anybody else knew. Yeah. It's embarrassing, you know, it's yeah. embarrassing for them and it's um, heart-wrenching because you obviously know this, you've lived through it, but to be committed to somebody, to share children with them, to share a life, to share finances and a home and family and um for that to happen is an extraordinary blow and i'm not trying to shame you we're going to yeah. totally get into that but i'm really also trying to honor the people listening that have been betrayed yeah. um because they and i so, have been one of them too yes of course and yeah. me and i'm sure so yeah. many people and i think it's so um important to validate what they're hearing right now because it's not just um, the excitement and the passion and all of the moments that you get to experience and explore, which we will totally go into. But it is the flip side of like, holy fuck, those choices that were so um, undeniable for you. Like you, in every cell of your being, you had to do this thing. Yes, you could have told him and yes, you could have blown up your whole world to do that. That's a different choice for a different time. But we kind of have to sit with the people that are like, no, I've had my whole life annihilated and I've had my whole sense of self and my self-esteem blown to smithereens and I've cried on the bathroom floor for for months, you know. Um, 
and I know you know this because you've lived through it, you're still with him, <laughs> which we will get to, but um, was that all reality for you? Yeah, it was like a tsunami for him. Like I told him in the end. After 12 months? Yeah. So you didn't get caught? No. Why did you tell him? I shouldn't say I didn't get caught. I received a text message on my phone that said, do you wish Justin knew? So this is an anonymous text? No, this is the girl I was seeing. Oh. And he saw it. That is when I said, I can't, I can only. This is it. I I either have to choose to lie or choose to tell the truth. Ugh. And it must have been kind of building in you if you were ready to say it then. Do you know what I mean? It must have been so much weight on your shoulders. Yeah, and so all I said was I was in love with her. Then it was like a tsunami on four people. Our lives just were washed up. Blew up. Blew up instantly. So what happened with her partner? Well, I messaged her that I had told Justin, so I guess that forced her hand too. Why? She could have just ended things with you and just continued to... We were all friends. Like, yeah, we were all friends. Fuck, so there was no... It wasn't like... Yeah, so I didn't know that bit. So it's not like you could have just walked away with no one knowing. It's like once he, once your husband knew, everyone was going to know. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so he finds out, right? But I can imagine the denseness of the home, right? Like the, the tsunami hits. Yeah. And then you as parents, because I'm seeing this a lot in my friend group, you know, I've got um, – friends divorcing, friends separating, and the lies in which the mum and dad, mum and mum, whoever the the carers are of the family home, have to put the facade on in front of the kids, right, is a huge commitment. Did you guys have to do that? We tried, but we both just fell into like such deep depression, mm. you know. Do you mind if I ask how old the kids are? Like are they like five, six or? Probably at this stage about 16 and okay. 20. What does that mean then for them? What did they understand? They understood that both their parents were hurting. Okay. And it was yeah. going to be a really hard time. Yeah. And they were kind and they were Aww. kept a little distance and they were gentle with both of us. How do you, because you, we've already kind of like spilled the beans, you're still together. We're still together. What had to happen to get there? Because you also use the word polyamory. So this isn't just a conversation about being a cheater and betraying. No. My husband saw me in love with someone else. He saw 
how happy I was in that time and he recognised that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't about him. How long did that take? Months of conscious work and not sitting in the blame and the angry but working through it. That's so tough, right? Yeah, really very deep, very honest conversations. I heard something about betrayal and cheating, which was if you forgive someone that has cheated or betrayed on you, you, the, the healthiest thing to do is you can just never bring it up and throw it in their face again. Like if you choose to move forward with this person, to heal with this person, yeah, you cannot bring up in an argument 10 years down the track or when you're not getting your way, you can't use this as ammunition. Like it has to be let go. It has to be almost a sacred thing. I think he has done that remarkably. That's hard. Fucking hell. So like hard. Jesus. So hard. Sometimes, you know, there had been like a little undercurrent of that, but he saw in me someone that was so wounded and bereft from and full of grief for what I had done and for the loss of the love that I had that he could only have empathy. I mean, what a man because <laughs> that's rare. That's very rare, you know, that someone – is able to be that evolved. That takes a lot of fucking courage. But did that really spell the end of that relationship with that woman? Was that too far gone? Like that couldn't be reignited and understood and developed with this kind of? Um, it was a choice, I think, to either run from my marriage and maybe try to create a relationship with this woman. Um, but I had to choose one or the other. Why? At that point. Because of the betrayal? Yes, because that is what was on the table. There wasn't Got anything it. else on the table. Got it. So the betrayal had tainted that even being an yeah. option. Yeah. I would have loved that. I would ideally, the four of us, we did try to navigate it, the four of us, so Justin, my partner, and her and her partner, we did try to navigate a way forward for the four of us, but we were all so wounded and all so damaged from I get it. the betrayal. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Did you learn through this process that you were polyamorous or you knew prior? I did not know prior until I met my girlfriend at the time, the girl that I fell in love with. Yes. Um, and I was confused and so I went to the web to yeah. <laughs> help me answer things. Self-diagnose. <laughs> not that you Self- need to diagnose that. but <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was around then that you learnt all of these things and that you could potentially – fit in this arena and after all of the work were you like Justin I think we both know for us to avoid this I might need to explore something no I think still at that time still when it was very new we started talking about polyamory okay I said right at the start when I was honest about what I had been doing and how I felt, I said, I am polyamorous. I know I am. That must be so so confronting, you know, for for a dude to hear that. Because is he, does he identify as polyamorous? He is still unsure about that for himself. And I To be honest, I think if I was needing more from a man, it might be a very different conversation. So is this just polyamorous with women? Well, it may have been a a much harder conversation in that space. If I had been having an affair with a man, that might have been a very different outcome. It's less of a challenge. And it could yeah. still be. So it still could be. I've learned a little bit about polyamory and it's a very, it's a huge spectrum, how yeah. everyone sits and identifies. And so for Betty, it could be, you know, I want multiple partners and those partners can have multiple partners and it, it all works. And there's yeah. boundaries and rules for each thing. Yeah. Your, what I'm hearing from you is, I can have my cup filled in a relationship with a woman because that is what I sense and I need because my cup is completely full with my husband in a masculine sense. Yes, in a masculine sense. I thought it could be something that I could just have as a sexual need. Yeah. But I am absolutely not capable of that. It, I am a big I'm lover. I'm a big lover <laughs> and it just if if I mix the two things together that is that that it is, is that. where yeah, it will you're go. You're not just there. You just don't want pound town. You want connection. I need that connection. You want yeah. relationship. I want relationship. So I want to move in now to just some polyamorous questions. Do you mind me just shooting no, off some things just for, for your, just for your experience? So, yeah, is it a is there a conversation around what that looks like? Like, do you yeah. meet a woman 
and have to introduce her to Justin and does he have to approve her and like how does that work? So initially Justin actually set up a dating app for me. (laughs) God bless. He did the research and went, this is the one that everyone should be using. The girls all use this. I love <laughs> Set it. Set it up for me. Help me build my profile. And then I went on dates. What I'm hearing now is that you actually are seeking a relationship. Well, so Justin and I, when we talked about it, we – talked about polyamory and I said there's so many different ways of doing it. What we do now is probably called um, relationship anarchy. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Please explain. Well, that's non-hierarchical. Please explain that too because people don't understand the polyamory hierarchy. Could you do that? Could you just? Take us through firstly the hierarchy and then the anarchy. Yeah, so a hierarchy would be like if you have a partner that is your primary partner, then you will make all the decisions for any other polyamorous relationship in that group. So any partners that he chose to have or any partners that I chose to have, we would have a conversation and say your partner is not working for me I'm finding it hard to navigate you might need to end that and so that is called hierarchical yes that is how it works for some people yes they have power of veto yes. about partners so this I've heard but it's good to explain it before we go into anarchy could you explain anarchy Well, this is just our interpretation or my interpretation of Mm -hmm. anarchy is I don't don't believe that there should be primary or or secondary partners. I believe everyone should have a say in what is right for them in relationship and that that can be negotiated as a whole. Everybody gets a say in what everybody needs in having their needs met. So, for example, if you start dating Susie and you fall in love with Susie, yeah, Justin, there's no hierarchy. So if Susie was like, I'm having issues with Justin, yeah, you just got to work it out. Well, I'm the hinge, so I would have it's to say. It's your job. Yeah, I would have to say, um, well, how can we work with this? It's not Justin's job. It's not Susie's job. If Susie can't get past it, I have to make a choice. Okay. So you're living in this space now where it is, it doesn't sound like anarchy. It sounds quite lovely out of the two. Um, yeah. Are you dating currently? I have a beautiful girlfriend that I've been seeing for over two years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And how's that working with Justin to have they met oh yeah we we have Sundays together pretty much every week we call three it of you. Sunday yeah we cook for the family all of us together friends sometimes um Polly Sunday yeah and we all cook together or 
Um, I definitely have a type. So Jay and Justin are both surfers and they both DJ. So we have music and cooking. (laughs) So would Justin and Jay get it on? No. Okay. Jay's lesbian. Is Justin seeing anybody? No, not at the moment. And And are you okay with that? Well, neither Justin or Jay are seeing anyone at the moment. Um, So I am a hinge between two partners that I am their sole partner at the moment. Are they polyamorous? You said Justin's not sure yet. Is Jay? I don't think either of them are sure yet. Jay hasn't had a partner since she's had me as a partner. And Justin has had uh, girlfriends. Justin has had girlfriends? Yeah. Just pound town or girlfriends? A girlfriend. (laughs) Okay. A girlfriend. And um, a little bit of other stuff on the side. How was that for you? Well... We did all meet, uh, but just once, and I thought she was great. I did not feel jealous. I thought oh, I might. Yeah. Um, sometimes there are occasions where, you know, information gets fed back and forth, you know, and you're like, oh, it feels a bit yuck or a bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But that's a process. Yeah, because I think that would be one of the biggest triggers is intimate intimacy and sharing things like detail. Is that important for Justin to know when you've been intimate with Jay? No, he prefers not to know too much about that. And vice versa? I'm a bit happier to hear intimate detail. Doesn't hit me in a jealousy spot. What about Jay? Does Jay need to know if you've been intimate with Justin? No, they wouldn't. They, she would prefer not to know. Not to. It's so, like, it's so fascinating because it's so uncommon still. I mean, obviously there are more and more people exploring, but it's just so fascinating how not the, like, sexual element so much, but more the, like, long-term dynamics is what I find interesting like you and the kids and Justin and that dynamic and and working out when it's you know correct for a new partner to meet them and how invested they're going to be and is that all conscious yeah I think like like the uh relationship stuff everyone has to have a say in how they where they feel comfortable so it's always a discussion about do you want to meet how do you want to meet can we get together as a and have food together because that's beautiful but now we have like meals with extended family you know so when I do stuff with my brothers and my mum and even aunts and uncles, Jay would be included in that. And how does that work with the, with Auntie Beth, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> how do we bring in the conversation with the elders? Look, it hasn't been easy. So mm. it really hasn't been easy. I have lost friends. It has been difficult for family to get their heads around. You know, me coming out as bisexual or 
um, pansexual or polyamorous, the polyamory has been the hard thing for people to get their heads around, the uncomfortable thing. Um, I suppose family and friends are invested in Justin and my relationship. They're invested in our monogamy. They're invested in my children's well-being. You know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people wanting to make sure nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, which I understand the kind of the well-wishing, but it's also your business. Yeah. If you're having a fight with Justin or Jay, are there boundaries like you don't bring your shit into the other relationship or you just talk to that with, with your mates? That has been really one of the hardest things. That has been one of the things that makes me, because as I said, you know, I I have lost a, a, quite a few friends um, in this process Um and family were definitely quite standoffish for quite a while. And friends don't really want to be invested in those conversations. They just sort of go, well, that's what you've chosen. So, But that's not fair because it's just as equal as having another partner and having another issue, you know. They're getting they, it. Yeah. yeah. It's still a working process. I'm a working process. My relationships are all like with my family and friends are still all a working process and there's some evolution still to be had there and still some community to build because we don't have a lot of, you know, the last two years have been locked down in Melbourne so building community has been really hard. Are you living with them both? I live part of the week at home and part of the week with Jay. People are going to be thinking, Danielle, like how do you have the time and energy for two? This, This is the question everybody asks me and it's the only question I didn't ask myself before venturing into polyamory. I did not think about that at all. It's a lot of communication. It's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of traveling, a lot of um, commitment, commitment and work. And I really love it and I burn out quick. So I do need to be really mindful of creating space for myself. I've adjusted my work schedule so that I create do have time to sit quietly with myself yeah it's um it's a thing and one thing I really think about often is when you're working from a deficit model of I don't have enough I don't have enough love I don't have enough time I don't have enough money you're Mm. always running behind yeah. So I'm really working on trying to change that to a abundant Mindset. place of like I've got a lot of time. I got a lot of lovers. I got a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of time and a lot of love. <laughs> I want to ask our final question. Oh, okay. Which I'm sure you know. I do. Don't don't know if you've thought about it. <laughs> I do. I did. <laughs> did you? Good. I think you're probably the first ever we've had in 100 episodes. Yeah. 
who are you when no one's watching? I really thought about this, Zoe, and it is a ripper of a question. It's so hard. (laughs) Um, I am someone that is really deep in whatever emotional state I'm in when I'm alone, which thanks to polyamory is not very often. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm deep in either memory or dreams of the future and the emotion of that. And so that could look like someone listening to music and dancing Mm. around the house to some old disco or soul or something. (laughs) Or it could see me on the bed eating chocolate crying. I'm a bit of that too. I'm a bit of those, both. Yeah. You're beautiful. Thank you so much for being on The Deep today. Oh, thanks, Zoe. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.